at SFM Radio and at Stephen Grutus on Twitter. Eight minutes to seven with a heat wave over the centre of the country just refusing to budge. Very hot in most of Gauteng surrounding provinces for about a week now. One or two small patches of rain or so, I'm told, generally seen temperatures of well over 30 degrees, lows of, you know, over 20, and that tells you how warm it is. You wake up in the middle of the night, still quite hot. No rain forecast, from what I can see, for another week or so. And a please, just a reminder, be careful outside, make sure children have plenty of water, make sure they're protected from the sun, don't go out into the sun too much yourself, uh, don't work in the sun too much yourself, you know how dangerous heat like this can be. Professor Guy Midgley is the Director of Climate Studies at the University of Stellenbosch. Professor Midgley, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. We've had heat waves like this in Gauteng before, though I can't remember one being as long as this. Do we know why a heat wave can take so long to dissipate? And I'm sure there'll be historical examples of intense long heat waves. But do we know at this stage if global warming is a factor? Well, uh, there's no aspect of the weather that is not affected by global warming anymore. (laughs) So that question has become moot. I mean, every aspect of our weather has been affected by global warming now there's so much more additional energy in the oceans and in the atmosphere so one of the things that we're experiencing at the moment is well above average sea surface temperatures in the indian and southern atlantic oceans and that will also be playing a role in uh, exacerbating making worse the the heat wave conditions so um, that means, I mean, I would have thought that with a lot more energy, we might get more regular thunderstorms. That doesn't seem to be happening. Uh, yeah, well, that's because of the enhanced high pressure system, which tends to work against thunderstorms because you have descending air that is causing a higher pressure, which also raises the temperature. It also tends to suppress uh, thunderstorm activity. So you don't have that relief either. Okay. When thunderstorms come, if it's a lot hotter, as you say, um, and I accept that it is, um, would they then be like, could they be more intense? And I, you know, always the sort of poster child for this, obviously, the prime example we think of is the cutoff low that caused the intense flooding in KwaZulu-Natal last year uh, over the Easter period, just before Easter. Um, could we actually have more intense sort of thunderstorms in the Gauteng area than we've seen in the past, already some of the strongest in the world? Well, in general, uh, rainfall events do become more intense because the humidity in the atmosphere on average is, is going up. Uh, and that leads, you know, if, if the humidity goes up, it's got to come down at some point. Uh, so that means more extreme rainfall events. But uh, a lot of the risk relates to lightning and um, grass fires because <clears throat> we've come out of a very wet period. And there's a lot of grass biomass sitting on the land surface in southern Africa, which is ready to burn. So that's another huge risk that we have now. Heatwave conditions combined with felt fires, uh, that is something very serious that we've got to watch out for. Is this the kind of weather Gauteng needs to prepare for? This is how it's going to be. This heatwave is going to be the sort of reality of our near-term future. Uh, yes, uh, that's, that's almost certainly the case. And it's a little bit like um, throwing a dice. If you say that a heat wave condition is a, is a six uh, and you throw the dice, then you'd expect about 15% of the time to have a heat wave condition. But what climate change is doing is it's changed the, the number one on the dice to a seven. So now yeah, the chances of heat wave conditions go up very, very sensitively. 
as the average goes up. That's the, the problem with these extreme events. They're very sensitive to a rise in the in the average temperature. And this is what messes around the insurance industry and um, farmers who, who, who need certain weather conditions to produce or to avoid certain weather conditions to have crop failures, et cetera. This is the, the, the sensitive margin of global warming. Um, when it's hot like this, some people will use air conditioners. They'll go and buy some gadget to try and cool themselves down. Do air conditioners make it worse? Do they have an impact on the atmosphere? And obviously, some places, um, Saudi Arabia, lots of the Middle East, Qatar, places like that, uh, people literally live 24-7 in air conditioning. In the United States, certain seasons of the year, people also just live in air conditioning 24-7. Does that have an impact? Are air conditioners bad? Well, if you run them off fossil fuels, yes. But if you're running air conditioners off solar power, um, not really. So you're just uh, re- reorganizing the energy distribution between inside and outside. So it depends on what, what kind of energy you're running uh, your solar power, uh, your, your um, air conditioning off. If it's off solar, you're fine. Okay. Um I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, there's COP coming up and people have been talking a lot about what will change and what won't. Um, it seems to me that there, there are moments where I think, OK, the world's properly understood this now and there's going to be concerted effort. And then there are moments where I think, actually, <laughs> we haven't understood anything and we're about to get punished for that. Um, uh, how do you see it? I mean, do you get any sense that the sort of public opinion, the political pressure on people to change is getting through? I think people are beginning to understand it, and heat waves like this help us to understand why the, the, there's so much sensitivity on the margin. There's a huge benefit for Africa if we can limit global warming to one and a half versus two degrees, particularly with heat waves. The, it, it radically reduces the risks of heat wave, uh, one and a half versus two degrees. It's about a 40% difference. So it's hugely in Africa's interest to. Um, to mitigate as fast as possible and avoid these these sorts of events. Um, perhaps the biggest factor, strangely, I mean, we're seeing two things happen at the same time. The one is that in China, it seems that's a society hugely re- responsible for a big por- proportion of of, um, of of sort of industrial output. That seems to really be changing quite quickly. And then the other, which I think takes a lot of people by surprise is the United States, which, you know, has huge political arguments about global warming. And yet places like Texas has sort of moved over to renewable power very quickly. Those global shifts, are they going to have a big impact that the economics of climate change is, is now beginning to work? Yes, the economics of renewables is, um, is impossible to ignore and will accelerate the, the challenge is what happens between now and then <laughs> and things like wars and uh, disruptions in gas energy supply, for example, to Germany have caused uh, regression on some of the climate targets. So we really do need a, you know, a peaceful planet to be able to work together because this is a team game. All countries have to cooperate to, uh, to save ourselves. But at the moment, we're, uh, we're really struggling on, the, on that front due to some really paltry, pathetic global leadership. Professor Guy Midgleep, thank you. Director of Climate Studies at the University of Stellenbosch. Well, unfortunately, I'm afraid, as he says, that this is what Gauteng is going to have to get used to. I'm afraid Cape Town, it's going to be your turn at some point, probably later in the summer. And of course, up.